G'day everyone and welcome to another episode of Double Jump Radio, the official podcast of DoubleJump.co. I'm your host, Abia, and this week I'm joined by Kai. How you doing, buddy? I am I am wonderful. Thank you for having me on. Long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> for, for folks at home who may not be familiar with Kai, Kai's actually been around on Double Jump for a very long time and was actually instrumental in a lot of our early streaming uh, streaming days. He well, locked down the Saturday time slot. I don't know if I'd say instrumental and just... <laughs> jumped on board when everyone else did the setup work sometimes you just need someone else to say yeah i'll, I'll help you out yeah that's true that seems to be how a lot of double jump seems to work exactly exactly that that's the thing everyone does their bit and we have fun and that's why you get two huge digests in one weekend but we'll get to that a little bit later <laughs> um kai we've got a tradition on the show whenever we get new guests and hosts we we want to know what is your favorite game and why Ooh. I mean, obviously, the the indie lover in me wants to say "Don't Starve." Yeah, just because that's what got me into indie games. Yeah, and I reckon that's gonna have to go as an honourable mention. I'm gonna go with Banjo Kazooie N64. Oh, nice, nice. That that is what a classic. that is quite a uh, different selection there. <laughs> Look, part of it's probably nostalgia. I played it as a kid, but at least once a year, I replay through it, and it holds up. There aren't many games that you can get 22 years of replay value out of. <laughs> that's true, that's true. Andrew Kazooie does. What, what is it about it that really st- has stuck with you? It's just fun. It is bright and the music is upbeat and happy. And you run around, you get a prize and it plays a little song. It's just simple pleasures. It's, it's, the, endorf- it's the dopamine, little shots of dopamine, right? Exactly. You see, <laughs> see something bright and shiny and your little crow brain goes, I want it. And Banjo Kazooie lets you get it and says, "Great job, you did okay." So, so, so you you don't mind oh, you don't mind collecting, love a doing a lot of collecting in the game. Stokes that little little caveman part of my brain is just collect, hoard things. You know what? That's kind of true, right? That that makes sense. That makes sense if you think about it. Probably why, you know, why loot boxes and skins and everything makes everyone so happy is that kind of you know that that pull of the lever to see what you get. In in the in the in the random draw. Exactly. Same same as online shopping. You click the button and you get a prize. I'd love to, you know, host maybe like a a, a charity live stream and and maybe we'll have different people hosting that. I, th- I think I think we've got to watch you play some banjo kazooie. Ah, a hundred percent down for that. I'm sure a lot of '90s kids will uh, will come out of the woodwork. Teach you all some <laughs> shortcuts I've picked up in my years. Before we get on to the rest of the show, I just wanted to, you know, talk about. For, the, for folks at home who may not be aware that uh, Chadwick Boseman, the actor who portrayed King T'Challa or Black Panther in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, he passed away over the weekend from basically stage four colon cancer. The saddest part about it, not just the fact that he was such a great person and, and well-loved and you know an icon for so many so many people around the world is the fact that he had actually been battling cancer for four years, colon cancer for four years, and was stage three for most of it. And and over that four years, he filmed multiple movies, trained ridiculously hard to get in shape and do all the stunts and everything. Uh, he still had the strength and resolve to, you know, visit kids in hospitals and stuff who 
who were also suffering, but he did all that in silence and didn't complain or anything like that. That's, yeah. That's, it's so, like, yeah. Well, it's a, a very remarkable man. Especially, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm not of African descent, but I am someone who's, you know, darker skinned. And for me, it was very... It was very inspiring to see someone of a darker complexion be in a leading role on on the silver screen, and especially being a role with you know superpowers and and like kind of a leader. You know that was like a fantasy come true for I'm sure millions and millions of people around the world. So I I want to say thank you to you know Chadwick and the team around him that kind of made everything you know brought everything home. And he he's he's going to be sorely missed, and I think the world's already had enough go on this year. So this is just another another tragedy that's befallen the world. So just want to say rest in power, Chadwick. You were the true king. Yeah. Hopefully we can move on to some more positive positive uh, vibes. How about we talk about the major news? from the past week and there's been quite a quite a few stories and the first one is just a continuation of the ongoing apple versus epic games saga where just to quickly recap (sighs) epic games added v bucks into the game that you could actually purchase through the ios ipad os and mac os versions of fortnite however it also gave the options of directly buying v bucks so basically bypassing Apple's 30% cut that it takes from every sale on its app stores, right? So Apple naturally wasn't happy about that, took the game down. Epic responded with an antitrust lawsuit, just like off the bat, just as if it was premeditated and kind of Google did the same thing as well. And also had a hashtag free Fortnite ad campaign that launched like minutes after the lawsuit and things like that. So it was a little bit on the nose, if you ask me. Now, what's what's happened since was Microsoft and Facebook and stuff kind of weighed in on the argument. But this past week, when Epic Games had actually filed a restraining order against Apple removing access to development tools, which it needed for Unreal Engine 4, basically the judge kind of agreed with both companies in one way. So basically the, the, the final judgment, and I'll read this out from Judge... Yvonne Gonzalez-Rogers was that uh, the judge ruled that Apple was within its rights to take down Fortnite from its various app stores, um, but that it couldn't take down, it couldn't remove Epic Games' access to the development tools it needs to keep working on Unreal Engine 4, given the fact that so many developers and studios rely on Unreal Engine for their games, right? So it, it, it's kind of like a greater good type thing, you know. You know, yes, it'll hurt Epic Games to take down Fortnite, but if we do take down um, the the development kit access, it's going to hurt so many more people that we just can't can't risk that at the moment, and that's going to irreparably harm Epic Games as well, right? So essentially, essentially, the judge said that Epic was. Epic cannot argue that Fortnite, um, like, it, they can't argue that it doesn't, that adding those things doesn't violate the agreement it had with 
with Apple. So Apple is well within its rights to take down Fortnite. And that <laughs> I love this part is <laughs> is that this is this is um <laughs> I, I love what she said. She said that it was it was epic creating this situation. <laughs> We're basically saying epic, you created this shit. Shut up. <laughs> and now uh, that's, I, I just found that very like kind of very rare for judges to really see through a lot of technological bullshit and jargon to see what's actually happening. So I think that was very refreshing to see a judge actually give the you know proper judgment there. Uh, wh- what do you think of the? What do you think of the idea of someone trying to you know pull one over on on platform holders to save a bit of money? Look, I think it's you gotta have balls of steel to go up against Apple like that. Yep, yep. Like. I think Epic got too big, too fast, and got cocky and tried to take on Apple, which was never going to work for them. But I don't know. It's I have a, a gag reflex saying that Apple is in the right here because I don't want, really don't want to. But but ultimately, yeah, Epic signed the contract, broke it, and is now chucking a hissy fit. That there were consequences uh, to yeah. that. Yeah, and unfortunately, there is there's like there's this. thousands and thousands of developers and studios, kind of looking at this whole lawsuit, really worrying because they don't like. Am I gonna have to find a new game engine for my games? Which is a massive, massive ask. Yeah. And yeah, I think that's that's too much from Apple. Yeah, and I think the judge made the made the right call on that. That there'd be too much. Almost exactly, and, and 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 basically, the judge said that the dispute that Epic and Apple are going through should not, and I quote, should not create havoc to bystanders, which is fair, I think, and I think you you agree with that as well. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the other they developers have, have a say in what, this. <laughs> what this happening. They were just minding minding their own business. Exactly. Epic. Yeah. You know, picked a fight with Apple. The, and the, the other thing is, the, the other side to this is that because the game has been taken down from Apple platforms, essentially Epic Games cannot push any updates to those versions. So what Epic Games has done is now effectively created a fork of Fortnite that only is on Apple platforms that is will has only been updated to the current season. And so the new season going forward, which is, you know, Chapter 2, Season 4, Nexus War, which is completely Marvel-themed, people on Apple platforms will have no access to that content unless they go on another platform. And they will also be separated from players on other platforms because they'll have the new version, whereas the Apple players will be stuck in the old version. So you've kind of of split up your player base right there as well. So that's also very unfortunate, I think, uh, unfortunate side, side effect. I really don't like Epic trying to sort of weaponize their fan base. Like, I feel like this was a, a corporate, yeah, sort of corporate fight, and that trying to bring in your fan base to fight for you is it rubs me the wrong way. Well, hundred percent, I agree with you, man. Especially because the the messaging on Epic side has all been, "Oh, Apple's doing this. It's Apple's fault. Apple's making us do this." It's it's like. Hang on a second. You picked the fight. Yeah, and we've also got to consider that a lot of Fortnite's fan base is quite young. Yeah, impressionable. And yeah, and 
often will just accept the first side of the story that they exactly. hear. They, have, they haven't developed the critical thinking. Well, I feel like there are a lot of adults who still haven't developed that, but yes, yeah. kids are especially impressionable. <laughs> Honestly, yes. We should teach some more media literacy in schools, honestly. For, for the foreseeable future, it looks like Apple players are going to be missing out on on the new Fortnite content and their friends are going to have to miss out on playing with others who can't play, can't access the new version of the game, which which is never fun. It's... I mean, best case scenario for, for Epic is that they managed to separate from Apple entirely and move everyone onto a different platform. Yeah, which... God. Is very unlikely given how prevalent Apple is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which honestly, not many people are going to do it, but that's still more money in the yeah, bank for them. Because, like, especially if you think about parents, you know, your iPad is basically a games console, but you've already got one in the house, you know, for school or whatever. Whereas if you want to play Fortnite on another system, you have to literally go out there and buy a system if you don't have one to even play the game. I suspect Microsoft and Sony and everyone is going to be watching this really closely to see if they can capitalize. Yeah, that's it's going to have a precedent for because all of those guys charge thirty percent as well, so that's going to be interesting to see how they how they um, come out come out through this uh, whole shamozzle. I'll put it that way. <laughs> shamozzle is a good word for it. Other other major story, well stories I should say it was. Gamescom, like t- Kai, tell us about Gamescom. We'd be remiss not to mention it because it made up a whole digest of its own. <laughs> exactly. Honestly, I found it really underwhelming this year. Yeah. Like, Did you watch any of the stream? Uh, I watched watched little bits of it. I watched most yeah. of it after it came out, just because yeah, Australian yeah. time zones. What are you gonna do? I got to sleep. Exactly. It was like three, four in the morning, right? It's always three, four in the morning. It's very disappointing. <laughs> e three is like that as well, I guess. Yeah, I mean that's it's all up in the very northern hemisphere, so we get left behind a bit. That's all right. I expect something, something big and new and exciting, and we just sort of got stuff that we we already knew about. What What were some of the big stories? I mean, obviously Ratchet and Clank. Yep. Huge comeback for mm. them. Uh, Personally, I I never played Ratchet and Clank as a yeah. kid, so I've no nostalgia for it or anything. Yeah. But I know people who did, and they sucked. Did you it. play the PS4 kind of remake? Uh, no. I played Crash Bandicoot. Yeah. But again, that was capitalizing on my nostalgia for the original. Yeah. I, I have no attachment to Ratchet and Clank, really. <laughs> true, true. Cause... Just disappointing, because that seems to be like what everyone's talking about and the big... Big hit of Gamescom against the Yeah, Lords. Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart confirmed to be a launch, quote-unquote, launch window title for the PS5, which is excellent. And looking at this footage so far, it really showcases just how much horsepower the new systems have. Like the reflections, the lighting, uh, like even the detail in, in like the fur and, and like the scales and the enemies and stuff. Like that's it's crazy. That's like... It's cliched, but it's like Pixar. Like it's like so awesome. Hmm. I don't know. I feel like we're losing some of the magic of those launch titles now that they're sort of simultaneously releasing on old platforms as well. What, what, do, you, what do you think about that? Do you, would you rather? Okay, would you rather a game that works on the system you already have, or would you like a brand new game that takes advantage of everything of a new system, but you have to upgrade to a new system? Look, purely selfishly, I'm a broke uni student. <laughs> 
<laughs> I want games that work on the one I already have. That's because then that's something I don't have to buy. I can you know, pay my rent this month. It's yeah. great. But the enthusiast in you, how, how, does, how does that person... But yeah, some part of me is like, I'm just waiting for an excuse to grab the PS5. Yeah, that's true. That's... I, that's... I, I think I'm gonna wait. <laughs> got, got an itch, itchy trink, itchy trigger finger. Yeah, so for should it. I should I have a roof over my head or should I get a PS Five? It's, you know what? It's it's a it's a hard question. It's tricky. <laughs> it's a difficult question to answer. Yeah, obviously we've got other Gamescom news. So twelve minutes. It's been in development for seven, eight years now. Uh, yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah. I feel like I hear about it sort of once every three years. Yeah, you know, like it's coming and it never does. Mm, mm. But we've got a cast now, which is exciting. Mm. And some very impressive names. Got Willem Dafoe, James McAvoy, Daisy Ridley. Yeah. You know, especially Daisy Ridley and James McAvoy leading some huge franchise in the last couple yeah. of years. Yeah. I'm wondering how... I mean, Willem Dafoe was in, I think, was it Beyond Two Souls? Was it Beyond Two Souls? The one with Ellen Page? I think Willem Dafoe was in that one. It was, it was in... Yeah. It was in... Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was in but one of them. I think the... The, the 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 fact that you know something that was such a small kind of indie project you know seven eight years ago and like some corner of PAX is now able to you know bring on such big stars like that's yeah like it's... I'm worried about the development of it I hope it doesn't you know hope all the budget doesn't go to these people you know what I mean but I'm excited yeah look I think I think it's exciting I'm keen for it I just kind of wish it came out couple years ago was it in early access did it ever get into early access i don't think so i think they talked about it shuffled the idea around a bit but it never, never i only ever out. heard about it like like hands-on previews at different events from like you know outlets so i'm guessing that it hasn't been released anywhere we're we're, we're fantastic journalists yeah <laughs> we did it. we did our research we know this stuff but no it's look Internet commenters, they'll correct us if we're wrong and they'll increase engagement. They'll That's always. What it's all about. Uh, and a Fall Guys second season coming out, I think next month, going all uh, medieval. Yeah. Uh, uh, that should be fun. I think it's next month. Yeah. Maybe October. October sometime. Well, when this comes out, it'll be September. Oh. So, yeah, next month. We're yeah. technically right. Yeah. <laughs> technically right. Yeah, the best we'll go with that. Right. Oh, we're going to take yeah. this out and post. Yeah, but no, I'm I'm intrigued by the medieval, medieval bit. Like, have the, you played much of it? More than I would like to admit. <laughs> yeah, like it's well, it was it's free on PS Plus, so that's a that's a huge part of it. Uh, I don't know if I'd pay thirty bucks for it, but I got it free. So, hey, look, worth you know it, worth that's... it for me. Worked for Rocket League. Yeah, look, I'm still on Rocket League. <laughs> no, I think to keep something like Four Guys going, they're going to have to be really consistent with updates, keep things fresh. Yeah. Because like, even, 100%, 100%. even now, I'm like, I've sort of seen all the games. They're fun, but yeah. like, there's no no surprises. But mm. but I will be there day one for season two, just to see everything. And I'm sure people new. will figure out, people probably already have like strategies locked down, so you've got to go this way and do this to get the perfect kind of outcomes. Yeah. And that, that always mm. happens. I was saying the yeah. other day, I feel like <laughs> we need to split online game servers into two streams of like... <laughs> yeah. It's going to sound very mean, but like <laughs> people who can spend all day perfecting it 
and everyone else who has other things to do with some of their so time. The no lifers and the lifers. <laughs> be, be... Yeah. Both both have their benefits. <laughs> not looking down on any of them. <laughs> oh god, I just I can imagine that world where what if you accidentally get match made into the wrong just Yeah, <laughs> you get accidentally mashed in like esport level play <laughs> and you just get dunked on. Hey, that that could be its own fun. True. <laughs> I'm like I'm really looking forward to Star Wars Squadrons. You know when that comes out. I think that's October as well. So having having a single player campaign that takes place between the the original trilogy and the new trilogy, like that's not really a new thing in and of itself. But I like the idea. As Star Wars lore goes, yeah, that's sort of not as explored as the rest. Exactly, and that's like, why I'm excited to to get both sides you know the both both perspectives in terms of you know what is it like when you were an, an empire soldier versus like a, a rebel yeah i feel like that's what what let me down with battlefront 2 which yeah. you know story spoilers yeah came out in 2017 i think they tried to do it right i was keen to see you know a story genuinely from the empire's perspective and it always seems to you know get to the end of act one and they switch sides and become the good guys again so like I just I just wanted to fly a Tie Fighter around. Yeah, it's, I'm on board to play as a Stormtrooper. I've made my peace with that. Let me well, do it. Well, that's the thing in the '90s, like the Tie Fighter games and stuff. Those games let people play as the Empire. People loved it because it was a side of the conflict that you never really got to sympathize with. So this is. I hope. I hope this yeah. does that too. I feel like Disney's Disney's a little afraid to get into yeah. it. Like they want to keep the good guys good, bad guys bad. Yeah, which which is fair, but man, the bad guys are so much cooler. <laughs> like through all of all of Star Wars, bad guys get people like Darth Maul and Boba Fett, and the good guys get people like Luke Skywalker, who is vanilla. Hey, we did get Qui Gon Jinn, and he was really cool. All right, yeah, but he's played by Liam Neeson, so. There was no way he could be. Boring. We just got Liam yeah. Neeson with with the bathrobe on, and that that was enough for us. Look, <laughs> Liam Neeson might be the only one who could who could rock that bathrobe look and look cool <laughs> while doing it. Best part of Battlefront was the space fights. I'm down for a game just for that. I'm so excited because it looks like it's kind of like you got all these dials and knobs and stuff for that, and they all should react in real time. It'll be like a true kind of like geek out. In terms of being in a in a Star Wars vehicle, yeah. Look, I'm a sucker for the Star Wars vehicles. X wings, amazing. Tie fighters, amazing. I'm so <laughs> on board for this. And speaking of our big AAA releases, or well, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, it's chill with the essentially stuff, it's kind of it's set in like the early '80s. Uh, Frank Woods is returning, but the original voice actor isn't coming back. But I don't know what it, what did you what do, what do you think of Creepy Reagan? I mean, it's in the name. <laughs> it's Ronald Reagan, and he's creepy. And they've got like a Robert Redford facsimile in there. Like, I feel like they just watched all the President's Men and were like, "This is great. Let's do a Call of Duty well, about it." D- did you find it odd that it's it's taking place in a conflict that notoriously had not much shooting in the the conflict itself? Yeah, exactly. It seems like the worst war for Call of Duty to tackle. The Cold War is famously all about 
politics and not yep. shooting. And Call of Duty is famously all about the shooting, shooting. And less about the politics. Do you think there's potential for like espionage, like Spycraft in this version? I would love a big AAA release about espionage. That would be amazing. I just, I don't, don't think Call of Duty is equipped to. I think tackle. Alpha Protocol, I think was like a, it's like Mass Effect, but Stealth was like the last time. I mean, we've got Splinter Cell and stuff as well, but yeah, like that that mm. sort of Splinter Cell. Like, I feel like there there are not enough games about yeah, espionage. Yeah, like the plenty of games have stealth, but espionage. Plenty of games have stealth, but like, look, I don't think it's realistic. <laughs> but I wanna wanna go to a party and lie about my name and be like, yes, I belong here, and steal a hard drive, which would not make for thrilling gameplay. But if you figured it out. I guarantee you I'll be there buying Gold the and I edition. got it right 20 years ago. What what are we doing people? What are we doing? I don't know don't know how you'd how you'd make lying convincingly a fun game That's mechanic true. unless you're playing like a Jackbox game or something. <laughs> That'll be the game. They'll just send a lie detector over to you. <laughs> you have to plug it into your console. And if you if it, you get caught out, it breaks your console. If you get <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Say goodbye to that shiny new PS5. Yeah, really upping the stakes. I love it. I'm on board. <laughs> well, speaking of upping the stakes, Respawn Entertainment and EA kind of taking a big gamble here by basically releasing kind of like an Oculus Oculus VR exclusive version of Medal of Honor. It's a new project called Medal of Honor Above and Beyond. It's seems like a, like a single player focused story. Completely in VR, similar to Half-Life Alex, but obviously uh, taking place in, in World War Two, just like the original games. Do you think it's... Do you, what do you think of the risk of releasing a VR-only single-player game? I don't think this is going to work for them. Like, I feel like VR is niche enough as it is because it's really expensive to get into. VR is yeah, niche... for tech dads. <laughs> yeah, and then limiting it to one specific VR set. Yeah. You're just you're narrowing your player base too much. And like maybe you'll get some diehard Medal of Honor fans picking yeah. up an Oculus for it, but I I don't think it's likely. Considering yeah. even Half Life could not bring people yeah. to VR. Yeah. Like to the extent they needed. What makes them think Medal of Honor is the franchise to You know, when, when everyone was bored of World War II games, like this was the franchise that everyone pointed to saying, oh my God, another one of these. Like Medal that's, of Honor just it, it, strikes me as the color beige in a video the khaki game. green. It's like, just, it's that's just, just the color it is. It's just, <laughs> exactly. It's just, yeah, here's, here's the base model that all the other franchises took and did something new with. Like it, it was valuable. <laughs> valuable as a jumping off point for bigger and better that's games. so harsh. I mean, Call of Duty came from, you know, basically a whole bunch of developers from Medal of Honor kind of starting their own franchise. So I guess, you know, there's precedent for that. Look, prove me prove me wrong, Medal of Honor above and beyond. I will issue a formal apology and eat my words if it turns out to be a multi-billion dollar blockbuster. Did anything here. else kind of stand out from the event for you? Honestly, not really. Like, I don't know, I was underwhelmed i don't know what about what about you anything anything jump out <sighs> not at you? really man but I, I think a lot of that's because 
because of coronavirus and everyone kind of working from home, it means that they can't deploy, you know, games are getting delayed and you can't get all your resources out there, you know, all the best computers and everything, you know, the collaboration that happens when you're in the same room with other creative minds. But I know that Bungie did show off uh, like new footage of the, the, the new stasis powers that are coming in Destiny 2 uh, Beyond Light, the, the major expansion for this year. But... From what I saw, I just don't think that Bungie has justified why it's removing two years worth of content that people have paid for and played uh, from the game. So, if uh, I know that you're not as big, I know that you're not a a Destiny fan, so to say, so to speak. But for everyone at home as well, essentially what 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 Bungie is doing when when the Beyond Light expansion comes out this year, it's gonna basically involve Bungie removing some of the content, some of the destinations that have been in previous years and putting them into something called the Destiny Content Vault as well as the activities that correspond to those locations, right? So strikes, raids, and things like that. But if you kind of think about it, what Bungie's actually effectively doing is saying that, well, the you know how you paid for these kind of these couple of years of content? Say goodbye to that. You're not going to get access to that again. And the rumor is like, you know, uh, one of the big YouTubers was Aztecross, who's said that when he when he was at a bunch of meeting that it kind of sounded like th- that content's going to get remade and brought back. But until Bungie lays out its plan for the content, I think, I think it's really shitty behavior that a developer says, we're just going to remove access to things you've already paid for. And I'm not sure. I know definitely me as a player, I'm not happy with that. As a consumer, I'd not be happy. I, you shouldn't be like, like this is the least consumer-friendly yeah. thing I've heard in a while. Let's be real; the games industry is full of, yep. you know, anti-consumer and practices. This is, I like, I, but like, might, is, why not just call it level. Destiny Three? Like, you you take three years every, you know, Destiny One lasted three years, Destiny Two could last three years, and then you just start fresh with a new you know, a new game and no one would, I'm really not happy about it. Yeah. It feels like what, what everyone who is against digital releases was always saying could happen. And everyone else said, yeah, sure. No one's that scummy that they're just going to delete content you paid for. Crazy. But, and now it's happened. And I'm like, oh, and and it's not a cheap game. Like every year I've paid for the game plus the season pass. So, it's 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 not an in- insignificant amount of content that's being removed. Yeah, it's both content-wise and it's a huge financial investment that you you're taking away from your players. Yeah, and and the shitty part is like Bungie, like the content that's being removed, the majority of the content there has actually not been updated since the first year of Destiny, since they were released. So you can do those like quote unquote end game activities like raids and stuff but then the content that drops out of it is still like level you know very like basic stats before they change the entire armor system so they're effectively useless so it's like you weren't even doing the work anyway like you know i I guess maybe that that could be their their redemption arc is if they take it take it away update it and then bring it back yeah but i think they needed to be upfront if that's the plan and i think they need to be backtracking and explaining what's going on 
when is the content coming back? Yeah. Is it coming back? And if it's not, then yeah, what like, the hell? Just, just communicate exactly what's going on. Because like, I, I just don't think... I just can't believe that a trip... Like, this is actually happening. Like, content's actually being removed out of the game. Like, they just seem so... It is the opposite of how things oh, should be happening with a game Exactly. Like it just seems the, the audacity to announce that. And what I don't understand is that no one else is kind of talking about... Like, it's not really a big discussion topic anyway. It, it just drives me insane. Like, how? How is no one... How is not as many people freaking about freaking out about the precedent that this can set for not just online games, but, like, you know, you know anything that's, com- like, completely digital like reliant on services yeah it's it is insane to me and i don't understand what they're getting out of it like, apparently the game's what, taking what, up too much hard drive space too hard to optimize i don't know that seems insane to me there seems like there are so many other solutions to a problem like that yeah that uh, but... manage to keep your players on site and, and the content coming into it like is a lot of its content coming from Destiny 1. Yes, it's getting revamped and reworked, but it's still like the older content. Like, I, I, I'm just really angry and I haven't, and for the first time in a long time, I haven't pre-ordered the, the new expansion. I actually want to wait and see exactly what what I'm going to get, you know, and, and how Bungie is going to, how Bungie is going to communicate what its plans for what it's going to do with the, the, the content that's being removed. It's because it's it's expensive. It's it's a huge amount of content. I don't know. I'm not a huge Destiny fan, but I think like, this is this is a wider issue. You need to be sort of actually asking them what's going on. Yeah. When's it coming back? And we can't even can't even be asking if it's coming back because that lets them say no, it's not. You need to be asking when is it coming back. Yeah. No, no is not an option. Yeah, for exactly. You. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Need transparency. Uh, how about we move on to the uh, the final story that we've got for this evening, Kai? The talk about the new Switch. I, I feel like every couple of months there is a new sort of oh Nintendo's filed a patent for this. Oh, we've analysed Nintendo's tax reports and they're definitely releasing the N sixty four again. And <laughs> I don't know. I, I've been hurt too many times before to fully believe it. But let's... <laughs> that's that's not going to make a very interesting segment. No, so let's, no. Let's, assume it's, let's just assume it's happening. Yeah, so Chinese, Chinese news outlet Economic Daily News uh, published a report, uh, I would say middle of last week, uh, saying that some sources have pointed to Nintendo working on a new version of the Nintendo Switch that'll actually potentially target... Uh, 4k graphics now whether that's 4k graphics on the handheld screen or 4k graphics on the tv screen i'd probably wager it's more the latter because i think 4k on a screen that small is just pointless exactly and and it's just gonna how are you gonna fit fit that many pixels on a screen it would have to be forget about it phones already struggle with that so I, i i can't imagine nintendo doing that but the 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 outlets also kind of followed up saying that more sources have corroborated its initial reporting and that this seems to be more likely to be released in 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 the first quarter of 2021 so i think first quarter potentially being nintendo's first quarter which i think is 
May, I think they they oh sorry, April, Aprilish, April May. Yeah, sort of April April May. But which seems late to be announcing it on Nintendo's Like part. oh the the Switch just got updated last year, you know, better battery, uh more efficient processor, so that already I think is a jump. Yeah. And we just had the Switch exactly, Lite as like, well. What do you think? I mean, I guess it makes sense to me if they're going the other yeah, way. More power. Like, they've got the the base model Switch. You've now gone to the Switch Lite, which is less adaptable, a little less powerful, but a little bit cheaper. Mm, mm. And now you're going more expensive, more power, more everything. Which, I I don't know if that's, that's Nintendo. I feel like Sony and Microsoft are having that, that fight about horsepower. I'm, I'm also worried about compatibility because... When the new 3DS models came out, there were straight, there were games that literally wouldn't work on the original 3DS models. Like you had to have one of the updated ones, and even games that would work on both would run like shit on one version and then work great on the new version. Which Nintendo's not the best at communicating. And the the DS just got just got confusing. Like there were there were too many DSs and sales dropped. Because nobody knew, and nobody was willing to buy one because yeah, another one would be out. In three the two DS was enough for most people, and it was cheap. <laughs> yeah, honestly, the the yeah. DS was enough for most I, people. I I would welcome a new Switch, a like a Switch Pro, so to speak, in terms of you know having that extra horsepower. Because I think Nintendo games have awesome art styles and look great, and would look even better at four K. But I think four K on a handheld is just overkill like let's just how about nintendo just focus on going from 720p you know to 1080p just hd for now and and get that right because um battery life wasn't the strong suit of the original switch model so anything that preserves battery life would be the best like would be the priority i think because nintendo always gets the most out of its hardware anyway like it never has it hasn't competed with the big guys since the gamecube really yeah, Nintendo has split off is doing its own thing since the GameCube. It's working said. for it. Yeah, and there's yeah. Nintendo is separate in my mind to Sony and Microsoft. Is they're having a console war. Nintendo is Switzerland. They don't they don't care about that. Nintendo's yeah. having fun right and, now, man. Yeah, and, and they're killing it. You know, critically, commercially, in every way. Nintendo is at the top of its game, and doing better than it has for a very long time. I wonder if kind of Nintendo could skirt like a middle ground and say, okay, so what we're going to do is we're not going to give you, it's not going to be a whole new system, but it'll be a new version of the dock that has got like extra computing power that'll scale everything up to 4K. I I can potentially see that happening. I can, I can see that being a really sort of good middle ground. Uh, I think, I think Nintendo's strong point is always the software and the Switch software is not, not going anywhere. It's it's great, functions well, a little bit of Joy-Con drift, and, you know, nothing's, nothing's flawless. Of course, of course. As long as they have Mario, Zelda, Pokemon, Nintendo's going to be fine. They can, they can release the new Switch, they can not release the new Nintendo's Switch. Nintendo's made it through the Wii U, so I think it'll make it through this. <laughs> the poor yeah. Wii U. No other company could have a flop like, could have a flop like Aww, the Wii U and so not unfair. care. <laughs> If if Microsoft or Sony released the Wii U, they'd be bankrupted. <laughs> I, At least their enter- entertainment divisions. Yep, yep. 
Definitely. Nintendo, Tokyo was all like, whoops, call it a mulligan. Here's something better. Uh, well, if, if anyone at home, if you guys want to weigh in on the stories that we talked about this week, definitely shoot across an email uh, at podcast at doublejump.co. Let us know what you think about the potential for a new Switch. And what do you think about Bungie removing content that people have paid for to, quote-unquote, maybe bring it back in the future? Uh, what do you think about Gamescom so far? And what do you think about the Apple versus Epic games? Always interested to hear what you guys have got, you know, got kicking around in the brain. So definitely shoot us an email. Yeah, and we've got our got our social medias, Facebook, Discord server. The Discord server's great. I think that's where a lot of these discussions sort of come from and expand on like plenty of people there and we're always getting new we're getting always getting new people like every every weekend there's always lucas and ed and the crew like whoever's doing the jackbox stream they seem to just like uh, you know kick it off and, and get a whole bunch of new people involved so that's always fun always all these new faces hey you know what we're a community and we're only we're only growing so definitely if you haven't already head over to doublejump.co slash links you'll find links to our discord social media you know, Twitch, everything, all that good stuff, you can definitely find it on there. The, the alternative is being one of those people in 20 years had the opportunity to get into Apple on the ground floor. Yep. And then could be could be winning a lawsuit against Epic. <laughs> against Epic, yep, yep. You know, why, why, yeah. why not? We're all stuck at home so anyway. It's... Might as well litigate. Yeah, that could that could be you. <laughs> that could be you at home. Don't don't <laughs> regret it. Join, join Double Jump. Now, Kai, you are... Probably the one of the earliest vanguards for independent games on Double Jump. Is there anything that you're really looking forward to that you think people should keep an eye out for? Honestly, nothing, nothing coming out. Obviously, soon. Obviously, Untitled Goose Game, two-player mode, very, very exciting stuff. Melbourne developer, lovely people, yeah. get on, get on board. Yeah, Untitled Goose <laughs> Game is gonna be amazing. Honestly, it's not coming out, but it has just come out. Get on board with Necrobarista. Yep. I've, Interviewed some of the some of the crew behind it mm-hmm. three times now, which is very very exciting. <laughs> and another Melbourne game, right? Yeah, yeah. Route Fifty Nine, based here in Melbourne, been working on it for years. It has paid off. Is a beautiful, beautiful game. Well, people can read about what you thought about that game. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't don't want to spoil the <laughs> review, but it's amazing, and everyone should get it. Yeah, I don't want to spoil it, but I want to tell you what I said. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, Kai, thank you so much for joining me on this week's episode. I hope that everything's well in your your side of Melbourne. Please stay safe. Hope everyone's safe at home as well. Stay safe. Be good. And yeah, look look forward to next time when I'm on here. Definitely, definitely. And if you see Kai on on Discord, definitely say hi. Yeah. We all of our staff kind of hover around Discord every day, so definitely say hi if you see us and let us know what you think about the content we're putting out. Mention the word indie, and I will be summoned. He will be summoned. the The indie the indie lord will be summoned from his his uh his slumber i think sort of cthulhu <laughs> as soon as it's uttered i awaken and emerge <laughs> you know what i i still have i think i've bought shank and shank one years ago and mark of the ninja as well i don't think that was a clay game though i think that was a different developer but no mark mark of the ninja was clay. was it clay okay yeah well clearly i've yeah. uh, clearly i've liked clay entertainment before it was cool look i don't think they're yet to have a misstep really yeah like maybe maybe sh- maybe Shank Two maybe was not not stunning. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't remember much people talking but, about that. But even then, it was it was passable. Well, it was just basically just more of the first game, right? Yeah, 
Uh, yes, <laughs> guess it didn't really have the time to time to grow its fan base until Don't Starve came out and blew it out of the water as the the clay game. Maybe it was just there to kind of you know something to get there, get some income coming in, so they could put all their resources towards Don't Starve. And look, that paid off, I guess. Yeah, a testament to the power yeah. of indies, even the bad ones, just build their way to something better. Yes, everyone at home, please stay safe. Follow the instructions. You know, wear a mask where you can. Wash your hands. You know, look out for your friends and family. You know, they're, it's a very tough time. You know, if you haven't spoken to someone in a long time, definitely give them a call. Ask them how they're doing. You know, that's what we can... This is a time to come together. Maybe not in person, but maybe we can do it in spirit and, and do it over the phone or through, you know, chat or whatever. And, you know, if you can, play some games together. Hang out. Yeah. Some positive vibes. Send positive vibes vibes out there. That's what we need right now. Yeah. And and we are sending our positive vibes to you. For sure. We're sending you all of our love and uh, all of our good wishes. So please stay safe. And until next time, look out for one another. Bye, everyone. Stay safe. Be good. See ya.